0: In today's episode, we have the lovely Marta Kanga, who is a vegan blogger and she's talking all things sustainable, plant-based, beauty, fashion, food, why we need to start being more conscious. And it's just a really gorgeous balanced conversation about really thinking about our place in the world as individuals and what we can do to live in a better way. So tune in. Welcome to this episode of Free and Figuring It Out. We are delighted to have on today Marta Kanga. Marta is a vegan, cruelty-free and sustainable lifestyle blogger living in London. Having been blogging about sustainable fashion for over four years, Marta is a highly respected voice in her global community. Her audience are hugely interested in sustainable fashion, vegan food, natural beauty and living an ethical lifestyle. She's a vegan fashion columnist for Simply Vegan magazine and has worked with brands such as Lush, Waitrose and The Body Shop. Welcome. Thank, Thank you so
2: much for coming on today. I am so excited. I'm so honoured. That oh. is a very um, good intro. I feel very <laughs> embarrassed right now. But I think you deserve really- <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk about this today and uh, that you want me in your podcast today.
0: Oh no it's amazing and you know um, obviously we have spoke about subjects like this before but we really wanted to get someone who is just completely immersed in that area and you know anyone who kind of goes on your Instagram or sees your stories you know can see how how important all these subjects are to you and, and how invested you are in them so we thought it'd be a great opportunity to get you on and have a chat and you know so other women can be inspired to kind of start taking steps down that more sustainable route so I suppose the best question to start off with is you know how did you get in to do what you do like tell us the
2: story. (laughs) Right I'm gonna go I'm gonna go a couple years ago um, because I feel like that explained the whole thing very well Um, so I think it all started when my dad was diagnosed with cancer when I was about 15 years old and back then de- back then, I didn't quite know how it could be sold or anything like that. You kind of just trust medicine, traditional medicine and hope for the best. But um I didn't really do anything until I was about, 22 or so I had just moved to London I had to turn a new page with my life in Belgium just wanted to start fresh and I realized that vegetarianism here was really really big Mm -hmm. and how veganism started to become something relatively trendy on social media and I was like "Oh, this is quite interesting so I'm just going to do some research and I read a book called The China Study that was absolutely amazing i highly highly recommend it to anybody who's interested in living a more vegetarian or plant-based lifestyle um and it really changed my perspective about how food can have such a huge impact on our health and how it can trigger certain diseases or dormant cancers and stuff like that um so i was like you know what i'm gonna try vegetarianism see how i get on with it um i find this whole thing super interesting if it doesn't work for me that's fine um and i did it for three months and it went really really well and then I had some blood tests done just to kind of see how I was doing, really. And they were horrible. <laughs> my cholesterol was still super high and my iron, everything was wrong. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try veganism because um, I just so happen to produce too much cholesterol in my body. And I was like, okay, all these animal products are not good for me. So I'm going to try living a, a plant-based lifestyle and see how I get on. And it's been now four years, having looked back. Absolutely love it. Um, And that's kind of just how the whole sort of vegan food thing started. Now, um, what I tell people is that this whole thing is an absolute rabbit hole. Once -hmm. you start with something, you want to do the next thing and then the next thing. And you want to be like this perfect zero waste, you know, (laughs) queen that only consumes vegan local produce and stuff. But it's a whole journey. And um, I started working, my first job was in beauty. In a small town called Chester, so that's in that's really close to Manchester. I hated it. <laughs> I didn't like it at all. It was horrible. Uh, my boyfriend at the time was living in London, and my sister and everybody else I knew. And um, even though living up north was really lovely, the the company ethos was just really, you know, it just wasn't something I agreed with. Um, we did Black Friday sales. Now, I remember coming into the office at three in the morning and leaving at eight, and they wow. pay us in vouchers if we hit the sales targets. Mm. And that really made me realize what kind of company I was working for. And even back then, I started making my own natural beauty products because I was, again, really interested in this whole natural holistic approach to health. I would make like, my own deodorant and my own know, makeup remover, and everybody else there was just obsessed with getting. You know, NARS, Mac, Estee Lauder onto the website. Mm. And I'm like, I don't care about these things. They're all animal tested. And I was just really conflicted. And they didn't have a recycling program, which for me was also, again, quite important. And I was like, you know what? This is not for me. So I moved back down to London and I joined the world of recruitment. Um, I had just quite fancied it, um, which I did for two and a half years. And that's when I really started looking into what else can I do to become... I guess this person who talks about ethical living and I opened a blog, Um, between the time I was changing jobs. Uh, Mm -hmm. I had nothing else to do. I had three months and I started blogging. I I opened my blog. Um, And back in the day, no one would talk about vegan fashion. That was like the first thing I started doing because I was just like, well, If I claim to be vegan from my food and my makeup, how about my wardrobe, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I was just like, you know what, I'm going to start implementing all these things. I watched another amazing documentary called The True Cost of Fashion, which I highly, highly recommend. And that really changed my perspective on sustainable fashion. And that's how my blog began. I I started talking about food and and beauty and, and fashion and stuff. And that's when it really started to grow. And I was doing it part-time whilst I was doing recruitment for two and a half years. But it got to a point um, three months ago, um, say August now, I had to leave because it was just too much work. So I went full-time. Yay! And it's been the best decision ever. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I've noticed a huge, huge interest in... um, natural beauty and cruelty food beauty and all the brands now are starting to do all these plant-based ranges even l'oreal which is another topic but you know it, <laughs> it's really growing and um i've noticed big retailers like and Spencers and sainsbury's and Topshop now offering vegan shoe ranges that are peter approved and how all these companies now have like conscious collections and i'm like wow this is really booming so there's a huge interest in it so i think now is the time to start considering making greener options and just getting a bit more informed about the choice that we that we make because they do seriously have an impact on our planet on our health on the animals and it has just brought me so much joy to be able to consume in a way that doesn't harm others like in a very altruistic way so I guess that, I hope that answers my question to my journey now. It all started
1: <laughs> years ago,
2: but it, it definitely is a journey and no one's perfect. Um, I've had my ups and downs with veganism. I've had my ups and downs with sustainable fashion. Um, lots of questions around it. I get constantly you know, asked whether it's really an ethical solution. Why is sustainable fashion so expensive? Veganism is a privilege. Mm-hmm and things like that so I'm very very aware of these things but um I think it's if you live in London and you have I don't know a salary and and everything I I don't see why you couldn't have more ethical choices like why you wouldn't be interested in it because it's really important and climate change really is upon us we only have 12 12 years to reverse the effects of climate change so we really need to start acting on it and uh, do something about it.
0: Wow! Yeah, no, that that journey is amazing, and I think there's <laughs> some really poignant things you said there. Um, and one thing that I just want to highlight is, you know, I think people see you and look at you and think, "Wow, she's so established in this vegan lifestyle. Like, you know, she does it so well." And it's so nice to hear that, you know, you started somewhere. You started not being vegan. You know, you you transitioned into that. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. because sometimes it can feel very overwhelming. Like, Absolutely. you know, how do we Eat plant-based, and then, you know, be sustainable, and you know, and and fashion and beauty and and mm, everything. Mm, and we're all at different mm, points of our journey, mm. and so it's just really beautiful to hear that you've gone through that. You know, even though you are where you are now, and and you know, very knowledgeable in the subject, you did start kind of, you know, where some maybe of the women that are listening to this podcast are today. So mm, 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 I think that's really, really wonderful. So I think the the kind of next logical thing to ask is you know what steps did you take to weave it into your life so it became rather than like a chore or something that was just this mammoth task that it became quite natural and something that you actually embraced um Um, because we all know that we need to look at well hopefully we all know we need to look after the environment and animals and things like that but there's there's a, a difference between knowing that And then taking action because Mm. our egos get in the way and, you know, our daily life kind of just gets in the way. And like you say, Mm. money or time. So what kind of things did you start to do that, that help you bring it into your
2: life? It's such a good question. And I don't think that there's a perfect answer to it. If I'm honest, the only thing I can say is that everybody is on a journey. And first thing I'd say is stop comparing yourself to others. Um, I've noticed with Instagram, you know, lots of accounts growing within this whole set of sustainable movement. And it sometimes makes me feel bad about myself, even though I feel like I'm already doing enough. So first thing I'd say is take it easy. Um, you know, little steps, they, they really do matter. So um, I started with my food and I started to incorporate more, more plants into my lifestyle. I started, you know, experimenting with fake meats and stuff like that. I would try different like vegan cheeses. I found my favorite non dairy milk, for instance, and it's a journey, you know. And sometimes, like I was traveling in Japan, and I'll, and I'll be the first one to confess last year, it was almost impossible for me to eat vegan because the culture is just not there. Like, it, you have to be realistic about just how much you can do. So, that is the first thing I would say. It's not about perfection, it's about just trying as much as you can, you know. Um, so, that is one of the, the things I would say just try it, see if you like it. Um, Experiment different recipes, experiment experiment with different beans and sauces and stuff until you find something that you like and you can start incorporating more and more and your taste buds get used to potentially eating a more plant-based lifestyle. So that's the first thing I would say. Um, when it comes to beauty, I feel like these days you have so many options, but also greenwashing is something that I've noticed a lot especially from bigger mm. companies who are mm. trying to sell us all these amazing botanical products but they're actually tested on animals so you have to be really careful and I know it's such a minefield and sometimes even myself I'll see a brand I was at John Lewis yesterday and I saw a brand I was like oh these look like fresh and lovely and then I turned around and see the packaging and I couldn't see any sort of cruelty free logo or anything and I just quickly googled and it said this brand is not cruelty free and I was like <laughs> oh, looks so good oh you know and like then again looking for other brands so even myself I've made mistakes you know so I think um the second thing that I want to say is do some research really try and do some research if there are brands that you love just check online if they're cruelty free or if they have any um like animal ingredients if you really want to live a strictly vegan lifestyle if you're looking for more natural options just do some research and then again Social media is a great way to connect with other people. Just ask questions. You know, if you see an influencer that you like, just ask them like, hey, what do you think about this brand? Or can I purchase from them? Like most of the times people will engage with you because it's a really friendly community. And then sustainability is Mm. a whole thing. And this brings me to my third point. And sustainability means different things to different people. Mm. So that's the first thing I was going to say. Um, For a lot of people, sustainability is no flights, uh, no plastic, um, buying local organic produce. And for some other people is just trying to be more mindful about their purchases. So it's just so difficult. And I do understand how hard it must be for people trying, but feeling like I'm not sure if I want to try because I know I'll do it wrong and then I'll be judged for it. So I might as well not do it. You know? where,
1: where on the scale do you class sustainability I think it's really interesting to talk about the definition yeah. to everyone so what is your definition of it
2: yeah okay cool it's I don't have like one word or like one <laughs> sentence it's really hard but for me I'm all about you know encouraging people to be more mindful about their habits in general so whether that means if you want to buy something neat ask yourself whether you really need it. Or if you have something similar in your wardrobe, can you buy it secondhand? Can you swap it with a friend? Can you rent it? You know? So those are the things that I'm trying for people to just start thinking about these days instead of just going straight to Amazon and buying it. I'm the first one to do it, don't get me wrong, but I do try, you know? And I think that that is the important bit, you know, trying to be inclusive and not telling people off or being like, you shouldn't have shopped it secondhand because i know it's like, no, no. It's not about telling people off. It's about educating people about all these amazing platforms that exist nowadays to encourage them to just try to make more mindful choices equally if you go to the supermarket and you see a broccoli head with plastic and a broccoli head without plastic it's telling people go for the one without Mm, plastic even if it's one p or two p more because that plastic there is not biodegradable or recyclable do you know what i mean for me that's the kind of sustainability that we need to practice in our everyday lives um and then when it comes to just you know, just living really is just trying to be mindful about what you do and, and your habits. So I totally understand that people may be very busy, but I do love encouraging people to meal prep on the Sunday evening so that you can bring your lunch to work and you have to just use one container. Invest in a reusable coffee cup if you use, I don't know, if you go out in a lot of meetings so that you don't have to throw away cups, which are not recyclable. And 99% of coffee cups just end up in landfill. There's small things like that you know um just starting to be a bit more mindful about your fabrics for instance um also where they're made it, it's really important these days to just stop paying a bit more attention and just stop being a consumer that just takes everything that marketing throws at them if that makes sense i hope yeah. that kind of ex- explains a little bit no, it, hard, it, no, but... it's,
0: i think it's it's really interesting kind of and those little like pointers as well of you know how you can do it in the tiny little ways like mm. you know in the supermarket or like a reusable coffee cup i took mine away with yeah. me and i save 50p a drink at press. you know it's great. And it's, it's so, so great. I, yeah and it is great and it and it it may seem like nothing in a sense but it also gives you that little bit of like oh i'm doing i'm kind of helping mm. out here yeah, like i'm, you I'm doing some good here and that Absolutely. it you know me and Sherelle as like marketers we we all know that the ego needs to be fed a little bit like Mm -hmm. you know it's great doing things for the mass but so it's it's all those little things that I think are helping people kind of become more conscious yeah Yeah. and the last
2: the last thing I was going to say is support independent small businesses it's so Mm. important I um I'm a small business myself and in terms of you know, me connecting with others, I just love being able to support someone who's really trying to make, have a positive impact on the planet, even if it's at a small scale, because one, you'll make new friends, which is amazing. And second, you're supporting someone who actually really needs the money. And, you know, again, from, I genuinely believe that and there's this whole expression about um, putting your money where you believe in or something like that. I'm not quite sure, yeah. but like you pay for what you want or you pay really well i don't know um something like that but essentially just wanted to say that if you're looking for a new moisturizer if you're looking for a new pair of socks just do some research maybe go on etsy go on ebay you know instead of going for the main ones because you may connect with someone and all i wanted to say about the sustainability journey is that even myself I'm, i'm still learning like only last week i finally um bought some like makeup remover pads that I actually genuinely like and it's taken me years to find ones that I like Mm -hmm. or even in my kitchen I finally found some cellulose sponges because they biodegrade and somebody told me about them and I was like oh cool so it's a whole journey and even if I make a living out of this I'm still learning so the the first thing I would say again is just take it easy take some small steps see how you like them see what works for you and just start encouraging other people around you to do the same as well to start the conversation because um there's still a lot of education that needs to be done unfortunately and social media can only go so far in my opinion so yeah yeah
0: and i think that last point you made about starting conversations you know with people around you um i i think unfortunately there became quite a stigma in this country about veganism mm. and plant based mm. and i think that was because there was probably a minority of people who tried to shout it at people rather than have Mm. the conversation yeah so you know I I think I think in terms of my friends maybe Shirelle's the same we I probably have some friends that are a lot more conscious yeah and some that aren't so (laughs) yeah Yeah, um you know how what is the best way of kind of talking to friends about you know why Mm. we choose to be vegetarian or vegan or you know why we decide to recycle or you know have a dis- um, a coffee cup that isn't disposable that what what do you have any recommendations for yeah. women listening thinking yeah. I have one friend who she says no meat no meal and she won't listen to it <laughs> I say like what how do we start talking <sighs> to those people so they listen rather yeah. than it sounds like we're preaching. Do you have any advice there?
2: Oh my God, this is the pain of my life. Just (laughs) put the nail on it. I'm like, wow. Um, It's so hard for me sometimes to contain myself with things that I want to say, but somehow I find some inner strength about it's not your place to say anything or to judge people, but just, ah. And I really wish I could say something, but I've noticed, and this is fascinating. I'll tell you an example of this because I think it really shows my husband, um, he's Brazilian and as you probably already know, Brazilian is a very um, meat-heavy country and um, sustainability definitely isn't at the forefront of their minds. But um, he recently watched The Game Changers, which is an amazing documentary that came out on Netflix a couple Mm -hmm. of weeks ago. And uh, he's really into fitness and sports and everything. And um, he basically started eating a more plant-based lifestyle because I would cook it at home and um, he didn't feel any need to you know add anything else i would just make big batches because he's like a big guy so (laughs) i don't want him to be hungry but i make a lot you know um and it's fascinating because he hired a plant-based pt and he would tell him what to eat blah 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 and he learned so much about nutrition and about what he was supposed to eat and then he started conversations with other of his guy friends that had other conversations with other guy friends Mm. and now they start talking about how to have a more plant-based lifestyle and these are like for instance, the boyfriend of my sister, or maybe uh, one of our best friends from Brazil. And it's all guys. Now, so I've, I've definitely noticed this um, pattern. When girls, we tell boys, I suppose, about veganism, they're like, oh, you sensitive thing, blah, blah, I don't care. I'm a man. I need to eat me. blah, blah, blah. Stereotype, right? But when it comes from another guy, they'll be like... Tell me more about it man like mm. this is cool like you're ripped like how do you do it like don't you eat chicken like, do you know what i
1: mean yeah also i think that documentary yeah. has been has been really revolutionary because i'm pretty sure it's the same documentary my dad spoke to me about recently really? He's like, oh yeah. have you watched this and because <laughs> but i think it's because like you said it's not anyone in terms of a person talking to them yeah it's like they're just watching tv which is a normal thing to do Exactly. and, and then they have shown really good results
2: yes exactly and this brings me to my second point the way. I personally believe in is education and just putting the facts there Mm. because the minute you start preaching or telling people what to do they'll be scared away they won't want to listen to you they'll unfriend you they'll unfollow you whatever it is that you want to do but if you just put the facts then say listen this is the facts with a non-vegan diet and these are the facts with a vegan diet here's the info you do what you want with it Mm. and then if you let people think and have their own moment of meditation just really think about their journey and how they can incorporate it they'll be more motivated to learn more than if you tell them you know fish are friends and whatever do you know what i mean like mm-hmm. um if you go with that approach i've noticed and i've been and i haven't always been vegetarian and i hate a kind of speech because it just made me want to be like oh you guys are hippies i don't want to know anything about you." Um, <laughs> it's so true but if you start saying it like guys these are the facts climate change is on us please start eating less beef because it has such an important impact on CO2 emissions. Overfishing is a huge problem. Look into it, please, because X, Y, and Z. If you just leave it there, you'll plant the seed and then they'll start thinking about it on their own, but you can't force it down on people's throats because you just will get the opposite effect, unfortunately. So just education, being very compassionate and open about it. And if they have any questions, of course, just like, please ask me um when I go back to Spain I really struggle because again it's a very meaty dairy mm. country and um whenever I go there I really struggle with my food and, and it's just so sad because they see me eat like chips and salad and they'll be like I don't want to eat that and I'm like, I don't want to eat this either <laughs> but it's the only choice I've got so you know sometimes I wish I could just bring him to just bring him to my home and be like guys I'll cook you a feast and you can see how amazing how nutritious how colorful how delicious this food can be um so yeah, just stopping conversations in some way. Um, if they really annoy you, just throw the ethical argument in them and then they have nothing else to say. Um, that works, but I try to avoid it as much as I can.
0: Mm, no I think I think that's a good point and um yeah like my my partner's a vegan chef so that's totally revolutionized my life I'm not yeah. quite fully vegan but I'd say yeah. I'm probably 80% there because I only eat vegan at, at home and things like that and what's been interesting is like you know my family who are very big meat eaters because when she cooks it's so amazing mm. like they can't but like Realize that they're not really missing me yeah. and they still eat me and stuff, you know. it like mm. you say, we're all on a journey, but mm. it's been really interesting watching that with people that I know very well who I never thought would, you know, really ever consider veganism. Yeah. So, mm. um, I do think you're right. I think if you perceive vegan as bread and chips, yeah, then no one, well, okay. some people I mean, may I, I, I mean, yeah, <laughs> 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 can't, can't all day. <laughs> and it's interesting what you say about traveling as well, because um, I think, you know, I've I've often had this thought in the back of my mind and I was lucky that in India, it's probably the, one of the easiest places to be vegan, apart from the ghee, which can yeah. get a little bit in the way. But um, you're right, it's it's going back to what you said about the trying, like, you know don't not travel because you're vegan and you're going to a country that's predominantly meat. like just try your best. Absolutely. Um,
2: absolutely. And do your research. Like we recently went to um, Copenhagen and I was blown away by the amount of vegan food there was. Where? But then again, we did research on where to go best yeah. restaurants, recommendations. There's an amazing app called happy cow that will tell you any vegan vegetarian um, places nearby. So that's oh, wow. Yeah. It's really, really cool. Um so I've used it a hell of a lot. And then I think the last thing I would say is um if you're going to a restaurant that doesn't have any vegan options, just call them, just say, hey, I'm going there in two days. Can you please make something? Because the last thing that you want to do is go there totally unprepared. And then again, you'll just have chips and salad, which is okay, but not the most exciting meal ever. So just be prepared and just call them up and just so that they have a little bit of time to prepare something. Most of the times they'll agree to it. If not, just go to another restaurant. Um and yeah, that's kind of what I would say. Just be a little bit prepared. Just be, yeah. Sorry, I just have nothing else to
1: say. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <fine>. <laughs> and earlier, you mentioned about making some of your own makeup. Was yes. it makeup or products? And yes. that's what's really interesting. I think the food side for me is something like I could easily understand how to transform my life in that way. Yes. But this whole making anything through like lotions and potions. And yes. I have a friend that she did like, she started making her own shampoo and stuff. And I remember thinking, cool. what? But I but she did, like, chemistry at uni. So I remember thinking, okay, I understand how you could feel equipped yeah. to do that. Whereas for me, I feel like that just seems crazy. So I'd love to know mm. what inspired you to start making your own and how you went about yeah. it. Yeah,
2: amazing. Cool. So um, this was back when I was at uni. I had just moved um, to the UK to do a master's degree. And I was completely broke, I'm not going to lie. Um, and I, again, was really interested in the whole sort of, like, natural eating and healthy food thing. So I was like, hmm, okay, cool. So if I care so much about what I put in my mouth, then what about what goes into my body, right? Um, yeah. So I started doing research. I purchased a couple of books about um, aromatherapy, naturopathy, and things like that. Um, and I just started experimenting with stuff. So I just went again on Amazon and I bought like a whole <laughs> liter of like jojoba oil, almond oil, just trying all the oils I possibly could and just start experimenting with them. So I made my own makeup remover, uh, which I actually still should do, but uh, should I don't so much anymore. Um, but yeah, basically you just mix a little bit of, um, sweet almond oil. That's your oily base. If you have sensitive dry skin and then you have to mix it with some kind of water, rose water is really good. Um, you can use any kind like, um, cornflower water is a really famous one. If you want to use any essential oils, you can. Although again, if you have sensitive skin, I probably wouldn't advise to it, but that's it. You just put it in a reusable cotton pad and then just your makeup like that mm-hmm. so that's pretty cool you can also use coconut oil um if you're interested yeah. so that's a really zero waste approach but i find it clogs my pores so i try to stay away from it amazing oils are jojoba oils because um they have the same sorry similar composition to your natural sebum um so then again your oil will be like oh that blends really well. So, um, Hova oil is amazing. And, um, Cleopatra used to use castor oil. So that's really good for like all your lashes and your eyebrows and all the kind of like hairy bits of your face. Um, so that was really interesting. I love that. And, um, I started making my deodorant as well. Um, that's... (laughs) that's another thing. That was another journey because I've, I've got very sensitive skin and I found baking soda to really irritate my skin. So, um, you can use other things um, nowadays I still kind of make it without because it works for me but uh, your basic recipe is just coconut oil and cornstarch that will if you mix it together the coconut oil will start melting and with the cornstarch it will just take that sort of like creamy shape then you put your essential oils and that's basically it Uh, coconut oil has um, antibiotic properties um, so it's really really good for just you know not having Anyway, things growing if that makes <laughs> sense. And then the cornstarch will just kind of like bind it together and the essential oils will just eliminate the smell. Um so that's a really great way. Those are like the top two I've made. I make my own dry shampoo as well. That was really cool. Uh again, cornstarch and cacao powder, believe it or not, um, because it has this sort of same brown um on the tone, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I do have to put other essential oils because otherwise I just feel like putting chocolate on my hair, and it's so weird. But it really works. It really works. I'd love um, that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, just start experimenting. There's so many books these days about how to make your own. Uh, I haven't commercialised anything yet, but um, but yeah, no, There's so many so many amazing companies that um, do natural products these days. So you can always support them. But. Those are like my top three natural beauty products if you want to test them at home. That's great, thank you. I love it. So,
0: Sherelle, you're going to be making all of those, yeah? (laughs) We'll see, we'll see. I would like
2: some samples, (laughs)
0: please. (laughs) (laughs) No, that sounds great. And, yeah, it's something that I... uh, I think, again, as, as marketers, me and Sherelle are quite conscious that there is a bit of greenwashing out there. With, you know, it looks like it's good. And is it a vegan beauty girl? I think, oh, yeah. yeah. So I, yeah she's my friend.
2: She's amazing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: She's just great and kind of really spotting. Like, yeah. so I think if, if anyone's like really struggling with, well, how do I tell if something's actually vegan and it doesn't mm, say it? It's, mm, you know, mm, she, I think she offers
2: some, some yeah, good advice. Yeah, absolutely. As well. She's really good. And, I tend to um, point people her way because she's the first one at... Uh, Pointing out when companies are greenwashing or beauty washing or however yeah. she calls it. But uh, yeah, she's really good for these things.
0: Yeah, no, I think I think that's gonna. It's, it's an area that I definitely need to start looking mm. at more mm. in terms of like that. Feels like the next step. So mm. uh, yeah, hundred percent. But I suppose like uh, the big question for me then is, um you know, around sustainability mm. and kind of going back to that and just mm. like it may sound obvious but but why why do we really need to start making this a priority like you know why is it so important
2: Mm, okay so I'm not an absolute expert on the topic by the way Um, I feel like scientists do it a lot more better than I can possibly do it and um, again research just shows that global warming is a pressing issue and What my understanding is that we can only really allow the earth to warm 0.5 Celsius degrees a year, but we're currently tracking at almost anywhere between 1.5 and 4. Wow, so we really have no time. And an amazing organization that has grown a lot over the past year or two is Extension Rebellion, however, we've been putting a lot of pressure into the government to actually start. Um, taking measurable actions for climate policies and starting the conversation and actually doing something about it, I think that wealth governments really responsible for it, and also larger companies. Individual pressure and individual action has an amazing power, and we've seen it throughout history. Whether it is women's uh, voting rights or even oh, just about anything in history that you can think about, any movement that started with the people, like Gandhi in India and you know Martin Luther King and, and everything. So I think if everyone just gathers and tries to make a collective effort and just start talking about it, it'll become a pressing, a pressing matter. So don't think that just because you're alone, that you have no impact. It's the complete opposite. And the more you start doing things and people will start getting inspired and will start listening to you because it is inspiring. Like, you you are in facto almost um, sacrificing your privilege to um, have some kind of positive impact on the planet. Does that make sense? Like yeah. you are sacrificing so many things and luxuries that, especially in the Western civilized world, you have to have a lifestyle that's a lot more in line with your values and a lot more um, eco-friendly, if I, if I can say it that way. So um, to answer your question, the reason why it's so important is because, you know, habitats are being destroyed and um, animal agriculture these days has grown to a level that's just unsustainable. And because technology and modern science have allowed us to live longer, it means that we have a lot more children on earth and a lot more people that we can actually sustain. I think it was Gandhi himself who said that if we continue living this way, we actually meet five planets. So I really have one. So we really need to start thinking about how we, as um, I hate the word consumers, because I don't consume my food, but um, and consume my clothing, sorry, but in a way, like fashion is a, is a huge aspect to um climate change and it's one of the most environmentally destroying industries there are out there obviously there's um oil and um like uh, fossil fuels and transportation and things like that so just start again being mindful about these things. You know, if you're taking a flight, try looking into co- carbon compensating your flight, or just start giving a little bit of money to different environmental charities who will like plant a tree for you. Mm-hmm. I know it's very simple, but we really need to start thinking about these things as natural and almost automatic. Mm-hmm. And um, I know EasyJet just started um, carbon compensating all their flights, which is great. But uh-huh. then again, I don't think it's an excuse for just start taking flights here and there all the time either. Does that make sense? Because the carbon emissions are still going out there. So um, I think again the the whole reason why we need to be sustainable is because we need a planet to have and to leave for our children in the future if we yeah and 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 i'm personally i'm absolutely terrified and i think and i was reading this article about the guardian that was saying how we are approaching a climate holocaust and it's really interesting Um, you should totally check it out and it was just saying how the rich people um in this planet will pay themselves out of the climate change um consequences whereas the the more poorer sections of the world will really suffer the consequences from it. Mm. And I just find it so fascinating because in this Western world, we just don't see it. We don't see climate change. Mm. But then you go to different sections. I don't know, like Venice, it was just flooded Mm. throughout the whole year. And people just don't talk about it. But then again, we have the Amazon forest that happened recently and the Australian um, fire that happened with all the koala stuff. You know, we are starting to have conversations about it, but if we still have leaders like Trump that are client deniers, then we're just not going anywhere, unfortunately. So it's us that need to take that action and really start pressuring the government because the the more the merrier. So that's what I would say.
0: Yeah, and I think it is just the collective, isn't it? It's, Mm. you know, we're all individuals, we're all doing our best, but if we all just did our own little thing to help towards it, then we're going to get to a better place aren't we and I I think um it's something that we all need to consider it can feel quite lonely and quite a hard struggle kind of when you're doing it on your own but if we just remember that there's people all around the world just like us just trying then we're going to make a shift at some point yeah, aren't we yeah, so um really. yeah
2: I, I completely agree with but I also think education is just so key guys I genuinely think that climate change and sustainability should be a topic in itself in high schools just yeah. like you had history and geography and English lit Sustainability and climate change should be a topic of itself, and people really should actually start learning why it's so important from a young age. Especially, you know, the, the children of the future. I genuinely think that um, elder generations, and I've had this conversation so many times, elder generations don't really get it. Yeah, I would say that because they've lived long enough and I'll be like, oh, whatever, it won't hit me. But I'm genuinely concerned. I wonder if I should have children, and if I do, how I'm going to raise them, knowing that, you know, Greenpeace recently released that if you really want to. Um, the most um, effective way to reduce your carbon footprint carbon footprint, sorry, is to have one less child.
1: Wow. That's what Greenpeace
2: said. So then again, mm. it just shows how many of us there are and how again privileged we are as a Western civilization to talk about these things because again, I was reading all these different documentaries about how in Latin America, for instance, it's just not a priority whatsoever. And Again, it just shows where we are thinking and where the rest of the world is. So I just wanted to point out that this conversation is a privileged conversation because I know a lot of people, they can't afford to buy sustainable fashion brands that can only afford buying at Primark, for instance, or people that really just shop at, I don't know, Asda and Morrison's because they have no other choice of just shopping, you know, in plastic stuff. I, I get that. But again, if we start from a collective perspective, Governments and brands will take action, and hopefully they will have some kind of impact, like globally. But we we need to start doing something about it, because otherwise,
1: as you mentioned, some aspects of sustainability are like the more privileged you are, the easier it is to start make implementing those changes. Mm-hmm. But actually, there are a number of changes people can make, a bit like the coffee cup, which actually <laughs> is a. Uh, isn't that much of a cost once you get yeah. it. And in the long term is is much better for the environment. So there any other things that are definitely like at a beginner stage for someone that's maybe not at a point where they've got the money to try and do all the ethical clothing stuff, but just some beginning intro ways.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, the first one I would say is shopping secondhand. There are some amazing platforms like Depop and Vinted. It's actually way cheaper to buy secondhand than buying uh, full price. And so you are shopping what's already out there and um, again the price is a lot lower so that's one of the first top tips I would give Um, (sighs) reasonable cover cup yes that's a really good one like I invested also in reusable cutlery for instance I invested in um, reusable tissues as well so instead of having plastic ones I just get one and I just wash it Uh, makeup pads as well Um, I've got Mm. like five and that's it and then I wash them every week um, so those are the, some of the top tips I would give on that end. There's so much else like, you know, shampoo bars, for instance, now they've become yeah. peach, you know, try to buy, you know, beauty products that are refillable. There are so many brands now that are doing refillable like lipsticks like Lush um, or refillable eyeshadow palettes like Tropic Skincare. Um, there, there is so much happening in, in this at the moment. So just look into refillables and just, again, start to think about whether you actually really need it because that is one of the first mm. questions you always ask yourself, you know. Mm. Um, so so yeah that's some of the tips I would say use public transport as much as you can um walk as much as you can if you have a bike great I don't have one I walk everywhere um learn how to recycle that's a really big one for me um I Mm. did a campaign with London Recycles last year where they were just encouraging people to have more than one bin because I had a compost bin which again I realize not everyone has but it's amazing and just a normal bin, I would chuck everything in there. And then um, the guys were like, hey, Marty, you really need to start learning how to differentiate all your, you know, all your plastics or your cans or your papers. And I was like, wow, I had no idea. Um, and now we have like five bins in the house. There's <laughs> like sorting everything out. And we're really, really religious about it. So that's a really big one to learn how to recycle and just try to avoid things that are just not currently recycled. I see, for instance, lots of crisp packages. Uh, that just says you know not currently recycled and I know it's really annoying but just try not to buy that because it just again mm. ends up in landfill there's nothing we can do about it um make your own snacks or bring your own food I know it sounds so mm. simple but it really makes a whole difference and um yeah just be a bit mindful I would say
0: yeah amazing I think that's some really really good tips there so on every interview we do with the guests, we have some little questions that we like to finish on. And um, so the first one I would like to ask you is, um, what is the definition of free to you?
2: I did think about this and um, it's such a difficult one, I think. Uh, but for me, being free means to be able to act without having anyone to tell you otherwise does that make sense like having that I guess freedom to just behave in a way that you want to um without having somebody else telling you to not do it or do otherwise no that makes sense
1: that yeah, makes total sense yeah. and what is your favorite thing to do on your own
2: <laughs> uh I love cooking it's my meditation. I absolutely love it. If I have time and all my ingredients I will spend a lot of hours in the kitchen. I am those ones that just prefers to cook rather than to eat, if that makes sense. It just it's the whole process that really calms my mind. So I love cooking. I love exercising as well. It really frees my mind and um I go quite early in the morning because I find that's when I am most um awake, I would say, and just um <laughs> no one's awake yet to start bombarding me with messages. So I really <laughs> yeah. like that. Um, so I just put my phone away and just enjoy what, whatever kind of exercise I'm doing, whether it's a run, whether it's boxing or yoga, I'm really open to any kind, but I love exercising. So I think that those would be my absolute dodgy.
0: Mm, okay. And what's your best piece of advice for the millennial woman?
2: Okay, I'm pretty clear on this one, but is do not be afraid to ask for help. Great advice.
0: Good one, I like Um, that. Um,
2: because I have struggled so much over the past um three years in that I was trying to juggle everything. I've had so many conversations with you about (laughs) this (laughs) very (laughs) soon. Oh wow, I can go. But um I've just realized that, you know, you don't have to do everything and stop being so hard on yourself. If for some reason you can't cook and you have no time, just grab a ready-made meal. It's okay. You know, I feel, I feel really bad. It's like, oh, I should be making my own meal. And I'm like, I'm starving. I just want to eat something right now. And I'd be the first one to like go to Tesco and buy something. And it's okay. If you don't have time to clean your house because you're extremely busy, just hire someone to just do it for you, you know? it'll give you that peace of mind and it's okay and I've invested in therapy because there's been times I was just really not okay and it's okay to ask for help and um, when I was working in recruitment in my blog I was genuinely really busy and uh, my sister I was like can you please help me out like I'll pay you can you please help me there's so much I need to do but I just have genuinely no time and she started out helping me and that really made a difference, you know. So don't be afraid to ask for help. There's no embarrassment in it whatsoever. And if you're really struggling, just ask a professional because they will be able to give you advice that really is like quality advice. Like I love my mom to bits, but she won't be able to like help me with my business. I'm so sorry. Do you know mm, what I mean? Like yeah. there are people out there that are able to help you and just Re- they're there for you and their passion and their goal in life is to help others so just make the most out of it there's really no embarrassment and not not everyone needs to know either so just that's it that's kind of yeah
1: happen, so. yeah i'm always telling people that we we are not wonder woman as much as yeah, than, yeah. absolutely absolutely 100 percent. yeah um and which resource whether it's a book documentary a podcast it could be a netflix documentary <laughs> um, are you always recommending
2: okay so um Top three. I think I've mentioned them in this um, episode. So the first one, the first book is a China study, which I absolutely adored. Um, and it talks about how, um, like with scientific evidence, the whole food plant-based diet is really good for you. Um, two cost of fashion, really interesting to find out um, how we produce fashion these days and the cost of modern slavery. Um, really interesting. And then the game changers, I absolutely adored that one uh, in terms of just showing how a plant-based lifestyle can really help you achieve your fitness goals or just any goals that you may have. And yeah, that's it. <laughs> we'll pop
0: those in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> and final question, what are you still trying to figure out?
2: Such a good question. <laughs> I <laughs> Where to begin? I think um, one of my biggest struggles is knowing where i'm going and what i'm going to be doing in the next 20 30 years because i know blogging is a very cool modern millennial profession but i don't know if that's going to be a thing (laughs) in the next 30 years god knows um so just having that clear path of like knowing exactly what i want to do i i haven't got it yet uh so just still trying to figure that one out um still trying to figure out work-life balance I think that's still the same for everyone someone like me who you know social media is my life it's you know what I make a living out of it's extremely hard for me to just mm. put that um barrier um so those I'll say are the top two.
0: Amazing thank you and and where can people find you uh people have fallen in love with you on this episode uh-huh. and they need to <laughs> get more martyr. where can they go to find you? Uh-huh.
2: So, so I'm most active on my Instagram, which is just Martha Kanga with a C and uh, my YouTube where I do weekly vlogs about what I'm up to and I give genuine insight of my of ethical sustainable lifestyle, um, just really in depth and just showing all my different recipes and how I make sustainable swaps or what I'm up to and the events that are really worth sharing or new companies trying to show really cool things that's my YouTube as well. And then I have my blog, marticangon.com where I talk about different subjects in a lot more depth as well that's where you can find cool. me cool
1: thank you thank you thank you,
0: thank you. Well, so, thank thank you much. so so much for coming on today it's been a really really great conversation I think you'll have inspired lots of women to just really think about their sustainable journey you know plant-based living and I think you've given some really good advice on kind of where to start and uh, yeah it's been amazing thank you so much
2: thank you so much for having me I had such an amazing time I'm really glad we uh we agreed on so many things and I really hope that it's had helped at least one person listening to the podcast and just thinking about their choices and uh, I'm always happy to answer any questions via email or direct message or anything that you might need help with thank you so much